Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletes. On today's show, uh, we're first going to touch on some news. There's been some news across the country in regards to football this fall. Some announcements very recently on the high school level. Um, the first kind of big announcement on the college level, uh, especially for Big Ten fans like ourselves. Uh, we'll talk about some recruiting stuff. And then the watch list award seasons that are starting to trickle out. A few Badgers have been named to that. Then in the back half of the show, we're going to go through uh, another kind of hypothetical fun exercise. You know, we did the dream road trip a couple weeks ago. It's late July, which is normally a slow season for college football anyway until fall camp starts up. Uh, so now is the time to kind of do these fun hypo- hypothetical things. And with coronavirus and everything that's going on in terms of regional play within the conferences, uh, Matt and I decided to kind of go through and do some conference realignment, kind of figure out where we, uh, uh, you know, if we were the college football commissioners, where would we make changes? Uh, how would we change the conferences? I think both him and I both spent a lot of time doing this. I I, I got to the point where I ended up creating almost a new conference. Uh, so quite the uh, exercise, but I think it would be kind of cool to see. But uh, we're just going to go through that, kind of talk about that and the and uh, maybe you guys at the end can vote on what you think and, and give us your ideas for some conference uh, football alignment. So should be a fun one. Matt, how are you doing today? Doing great. Yeah, I spent way too much time on that exercise, and it was a lot of fun. So I'm excited to see what you came up with and uh, to talk out uh, kind of what we got going on. But but other than that, doing well. A uh, lot, of, lot of news kind of happening, though, if you want to get into that. Here's what's happening. Yeah, let's hop right over to it. All right, we'll hop into our news here, guys. Uh, The first being on the high school level, uh, California, uh, the State Athletic Commission Board, essentially pushed back uh, the fall seasons to, I believe they are starting uh, essentially in the winter seasons, of course, in California. You've got a little bit more flexibility, but fall sports are going to start in uh, December. Uh, which would mean their football season, I I believe it's going to be a condensed version, it's not going to be a full schedule, uh, is going to start in December. Uh, So you look at some of the recruits, you know, for the Badgers, Deacon Hill, uh, kid out of California. So the first kind of uh, notch for high school football kind of being changed uh, is happening. Uh, Like I said already, California, it's warm there pretty much year-round, so you can have a lot more flexibility. You might not be able to do that here in Wisconsin, uh, having kids play and starting in December, but... Matt, what did you make of that announcement? Because I know it doesn't seem like a huge thing, but it's uh, definitely significant in that regard for, for recruits and players and guys coming up and getting ready for a season next year where they might be off to college. Yeah, I mean, it's huge for a lot of kids. It's hopefully not a sign for what's going to happen for all high school sports across the country. I don't think you could even make that happen for the state of Wisconsin. Uh, they would have to do some spring stuff in, instead of winter. But I know that they pushed it back right now just to try to make it so that 
to make things happen later on using kind of their warmer weather to be able to do that. But but it's definitely going to be interesting to see how many more California prospects decide maybe to, to move, uh, to go ahead, especially if you don't have that sign or uh, that commitment like a Deacon Hill where you're like, hey, I, I need to get tape out there and I need to continue to, to bolster my resume to do that. So maybe kids move in with grandparents, aunts, uncles across the country trying to get to play. I think that's something that's uh, definitely going to be noteworthy. You might see uh, a lot of kids saying screw it and just enrolling early as well. Like I could see players, if, if it's like, hey, I'm not going to get to play uh, college football or high school football anyways really this year, I might as well really buckle down on coursework in the fall to get it so I can enroll early. So I think there's, there is a lot of consequences from this decision, uh, the least of which is uh, just the inability for a lot of players to play. Um, I know that Aaron on the side of caution and making sure that people are staying healthy, but it's it's definitely tough for um, young people who are who are probably chopped at the bit to get out there. Yeah, it's tough for those kids. You think about uh, everything that they you know, high school football at the time when you're you're playing it, it's kind of your whole life and everything. And of course, if you have the opportunity to play at the next level, you you really want that you know college football. You want the high school experience to set you up for that. So definitely disappointing for some of these kids. Uh, hopefully, you know, it sticks to where they are playing in December and still have to uh, have a chance to, to play their fall season. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be something that you definitely have to wait and see. It's a good plan to have in place, uh, but definitely not a welcome sign when you look at what's going across the country. Not really surprising, but something that you, you certainly uh, – is news and no, noteworthy uh, to happen because if – if it gets pushed back, that means you're not starting on your normal time, which means there's an obvious reason for it. We all know that. Uh, but now it's going to be hopefully they can get it in uh, just under the wire in December and have some sort of season. But, you know, like I said, these kids, it's kind of their whole world at that time, so definitely a bummer, uh, at least to start. For sure. All right. Our next piece of news kind of goes off of that. Uh, so fans at the Rutgers football games, or should I say lack thereof, there will be – there's kind of conflicting reports on this. Now, I have read, I don't know if you've read about it um, as closely or not, but I have read that there are going to be no fans allowed at Rutgers games uh, due to the ordinance, essentially, that says under 500 people. Now, it sounds like they could work a way around it um, to have under 500, but it sounds like to me that they're not going to do that. So, essentially, uh, in the Big Ten Conference, there's going to be no uh, fans in attendance at Rutgers games, which is significant because they are in the Big Ten. Uh, first kind of big school to do that, if you will. So significant news and maybe a sign of things to come with, with other schools. Uh, I think everyone, if you're listening to it, you can kind of see the writing on the wall already. Uh, I'm not really expecting to be in Camp Randall this fall, but until we know for sure, uh, we're not going to you know confirm that. But this is kind of the first step in that with you know a, a conference mate in Rutgers making that decision. So what did you make of, of that, and, and how do you think that's going to you know affect stuff going forward? Unfortunately, I'm guessing that this is kind of the tip of the iceberg. I think it's more and more it's going to happen. Uh, along with Rutgers limiting it to 500 spectators, it sounds like uh, in the state of New Jersey, uh, at MetLife there, uh, it basically what they're saying is uh, the only people that are going to be able to come are going to be immediate family members. And, and coaches so that they're basically saying 
there's not going to be anybody who is a quote-unquote fan who's going to be at those games. I'm guessing it's going to be similar across a lot of places in the country. I know both of us, season ticket holders, are, are hoping to be there, but at the same time, I think uh, it's people can also look at the outlook right now and the trend lines, and, and it's not necessarily pretty. So uh, places are going to have to make some tough calls, and I think this is just the first of, of many. It's just uh, that they're one of the first ones. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I, I think right now it's it's going to be something that we're going to uh, continue to see across the country, uh, New Jersey and, and Rutgers area being kind of the first one. But you look at the, the cases across the country of really – uh, taking off in some states, you know, we've talked about California already, Florida, it, things are really taking off. You can't really see a path right now uh, when you're getting, you know, just under three weeks before things are really start, supposed to start kicking off. So I, I, I think it's, like you said, a, a sign of the times and something that is uh, going to be coming uh, for every university uh, and things like that. But definitely noteworthy that, you know, a Big Ten school has is, is, is got one out and, and made that announcement because, you know, you look at – we were talking about Ohio State a, a few months ago when this stuff was still kind of, uh, you know, still starting up and, and not nearly where we are at, at this point. Ohio State was thinking about having a model to have a certain number of fans and, you know, spread out, things like that. doesn't look like that's going to be the case uh, across the country because it just things seem to be – you know, keep going worse and worse, and until it really turns around and you see some, you know, trend in the opposite direction, I think we're we're going to be seeing more and more of these announcements as we get going. Yeah, I, I think I think it's not to say that there's not a potential where this could shift. Um, I, I think, but this is I think the starting point where where places like New Jersey are saying. This is what we're going to start with. This is how it's going to be. Um, follow, making sure that it's all that any like local initiatives or ordinances are put in place are also being held up at, uh, you know, venues, but that then if, if things start to trend in a more positive direction, we see change or if there is um, a- any vaccine or anything that helps, then maybe you could see that come October or late October or November, that maybe that it's safer to have people. So I think this is a starting off point, and I'm really hoping that uh, things change in it and we can get back to um, having fans in stadiums. But right now, this is kind of what the reality is, it seems like. I think you're right. So it'll be something to keep in monitoring. Maybe we can get to some change down the road, but until then, uh, we'll just wait and see. I think everyone's kind of in wait and see mode. Uh, as we get closer to the eventual and hopeful start of the college football season. All right, our next piece of news in regards to recruiting is an unfortunate one for Badger fans. Unfortunately, they missed out on three-star prospect Robert Reagan. Uh, he was deciding between Wisconsin and Arizona State. Uh, did announce his commitment to Arizona State today. It, it kind of seemed like it was going that way the last couple of weeks, of course. No hard feelings, but... Uh, definitely a tremendous player that the Badgers missed out of that cornerback position. You know, a three-star uh, kid out of Orange Lutheran High School in Orange, California. So a prospect that we've talked about a little bit on the show uh, went the other way. But what do you make of that uh, announcement from Robert Reagan? Yeah, like you said, these, this past week or so, it, it's kind of started looking like he was going to be going elsewhere. Um, but that kind of came out of the blue. Everything kind of seemed to point towards the Badgers for a long time. I think this is one of those uh, commitments where if 
there is no coronavirus and he's able to take his official visit um, like he normally could, he might have been announcing as a Badger. Um, however, just the way things went, he, he's staying closer to home. I think uh, Arizona State's got a lot of recruiting momentum going on right now as well. Um, they've, they've got a, a really good uh, kind of staff put together by a b- bunch of NFL guys. So I think I think it's one of those where Robert Reagan had a lot of really good relationships with Wisconsin, but it's it's hard to overcome distance sometimes. Most recruits stay within that kind of two two hundred mile radius, and he is definitely not within that. So um, it's hard to blame the kid to to end up staying closer to home, uh, being in a place where his family can come see him play games. But but in the end, I, I think the more uh, impactful thing here is is what does Wisconsin do to respond? Do they go ahead and go after another cornerback? Do they go after an athlete that could play cornerback or or do they chalk it up and, and just move on to um, a different position because they have some, some room to play with, but they also have uh, a fairly tight on numbers here for this class as well still. Yeah, that's a good point that you bring up. You know, I don't know, uh, looking at the roster roster and, and kind of the guys that they have, you know, irons in the fire on, I don't know if uh, they'd go after another corner. You know, you look at the, the current roster makeup right now, okay in terms of depth. You've got a couple guys getting up there in terms of, uh, you know, starters this year with Caesar Williams, guys like that. But definitely going to be interesting to see how the class, you know, kind of plays out. I think Reagan was definitely a guy that the Badgers staff really wanted. You look at his uh, talent, it's it's definitely there. You see it in his highlight tape, and uh, unfortunately, Wisconsin uh, can't win them all. You know, you look at what the Badgers have done these last few weeks on the recruiting trail. Everything was kind of going well. That was another guy that they were going after for a piece of the puzzle, but at the same time, you know, there's a lot of other schools out there. Arizona State, is is doing well. Uh, they're they're turning their pro kind of a team on the rise this year. Recruiting is is of course going to follow that. So you wish wish Robert Reagan the best. And I think the the other guys in the class that are already committed to Wisconsin did a good job of congratulating him and saying you know uh, we're happy for you things like that. I saw a few tweets uh, going out to him after he announced his commitment. So just another applause to the class for handling it well because uh, it seems like 18 year old kids sometimes handle it better than. Uh, some some people that you know we tweet at recruits things like that. Thankfully, we don't have many people that do that with our site uh, or our listeners. But you see some of that sometimes, and I'm glad that the the rest of his classmates uh, kind of showed support that way. Yeah, I think that's I think that's important, and I think you look at it. Badgers don't have any other offers right now to players who aren't committed. So if the Badgers did want to move on somebody, they'd have to throw out a new offer. Um, Badgers been really good at Plan A's and Plan B commits this cycle. I, I just wonder if they're going to dip into a Plan C guy or if they're going to just try to wait and, and buy time or just kind of focus their attention on, on filling in other places where they feel more comfortable with their board. Definitely going to be something to pay attention to as the recruiting season kind of trickles on and keeps going despite everything that's going on with coronavirus. All right, our last piece of news before we get into our conference football realignment is it's watch list season, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the, all the the lists coming out over these last few weeks, uh, the Badgers had a few of them. Jake Ferguson to the Mackey watch list, Jack Sanborn to the Buttkiss watch list, watch list, and Burrell to the Thorpe watch list. Not really surprising. You, know, you look at the the roster makeup for the Badgers, Jake Ferguson, Jack Sanborn, Eric Burrell, probably three of your stars 
when you if you were going through and, and ranking guys that are most important on this team, those three are probably in your top five uh, for guys that you're really going to need big seasons from, uh, guys that you really expect to have big seasons given what they did last year. So what did you make of those three uh, being on the list and, and getting some well-deserved uh, pub, even if it is only a watch list? I think all of them are, are very deserving of the, that recognition. I think each of them going into this season have, have some hype coming around. They, they've had big years. You know, you look at Eric Burrell, it seems like he makes a splash play every game. He, he's either forcing a fumble, uh, recovering a fumble, getting an interception, or getting a sack. He's a very um, talented player who just is always around the ball. And I think Sanborn is probably the guy who, who really has the best shot at winning any sort of awards just because of um, how talented he is and everything that he's got uh, in his game. But then additionally, we had Jack Cohn for the Davey O'Brien Award who popped up and Nakia Watson for um, for the Doak Walker Award. I think those are probably going to be a little bit tougher to see happening as well. But but it's just it's it's good to know and it's good to see that your team has a lot of players who are having that um, uh, being talked about in consideration for these awards because that means that, hey, you, you've got talented players in, in the program who who are at the best of their positions across the country. And I think that's that's what you need if you're going to be um, competing for college football playoffs and whatnot. So the Badgers, a lot of different watch lists. There's going to be more that are going to be popping out here. There always is. So, But it's definitely good company to have for the Badgers. Yeah, and, you know, it means potential for a lot of those players. I Like the, the three names that I rattled off are guys that you expected to be on those lists anyway. Uh, but it shows that across the country, you know, people are paying attention. They know who these players are, uh, and they expect high things out of them. And hopefully at the end of the season, you know, these guys are still on that short list. You know, they cut the list down late in the season. Hopefully these guys are all in consideration because that means they've had uh, pretty good years. And I would expect uh, Jake Ferguson, Jack Sanborn, Eric Burrell, all three of those guys to have big years and, and probably be in that conversation. Uh, and we can all keep our fingers crossed that that is, in fact, the case because it would be uh, very deserving for all three of them to, to kind of work into that conversation and hopefully be there at year's end. For sure. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up our news. We're going to go ahead and kick it over to a couple quick ad reads, and then we'll get into our college football realignment discussion. All right, guys. It's time to talk some realignment. It's been a few years since college football kind of moved things around. You know, as you look at the Big Ten, the addition of Nebraska, Maryland, and then our poor beloved Rutgers who've came into our conference and done little to nothing. Uh, but given, you know, everything that's going on with coronavirus playing a, a central conference, uh, Matt and I decided to go through and, and look at some college football realignment discussions, things that maybe make sense on paper in the world of college football probably don't make sense in that regard. You know, some of the conferences that I realigned and rattled off, I'm sure there's going to be some schools that would have big problems with it. Uh, but based on geography, uh, you know, rivalries, things like that, things you're trying to keep intact, uh, we moved some things around, and this is kind of stemming off the conversation we had last week with Matt Brown, who we, you know, we touched a little bit about, you know, college football realignment. If it was coming down the pipe, you know, uh, we you think back to when Nebraska, Maryland, and Rutgers joined up, they were moving pieces all across the country. You know, Texas and Oklahoma were going to the Pac-12. All these rumors. 
Uh, it was fun to watch. And, uh, of course, if you're an NCAA 14 football player, you've probably uh, done this yourself where you've moved teams around and, and shifted things to make bigger conferences and, and that whole nine yards. So we're going to go through and just kind of touch on uh, maybe some additions, subtractions that we would make uh, to the conferences. I went as so much to add a lot of I, – I pulled some FCS teams up. I moved some things around. It, it got a little away from me. Uh, in terms of time, like we talked about already. But uh, how did you feel about this exercise? What was maybe the uh, easiest and, and hard parts for you? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, basically, in a nutshell, this exercise was us just going ahead and trying to take on if we were kind of the commissioner and, and wanted to uh, overlord the NCAA and make changes however we wanted to within where teams stand in conferences, what, what would we do? Um, in looking at it, it, I went ahead and I focused a lot on geography uh, was my big mm-hmm. thing. I kind of looked at it as I wanted to put teams uh, in um, places that they were pretty close, uh, kind of not steering too far away from geography. But also I wanted to make it so that there was a little bit more parity. Uh, we look at uh, oftentimes that there is uh, – you don't get to kind of see some of the games that you, you could, and you oftentimes get where some certain conferences are just so much better than others. For example, the Pac-12 has really um, struggled here these past few seasons, whereas you, you see some other conferences. You have the ACC where it is Clemson and nobody these past couple of years. So trying to, I tried to even the playing field as much as I could by putting a couple really good teams in each conference it so that it was really, really stacked throughout. Um, I actually went ahead and I used the uh, Athlon goes ahead and, and uh, ranks their teams 1 through 130, and I used that to help me try to find the average ranking of each conference that I used so that they were at least somewhat close or comparable um, to, kind of, to try to make sure that it was good, and then I actually made some shifts of, of what that would look like for the playoff and everything too, but uh, what what did you do? What was your process? I I kind of did mine mostly, you know, like you said, on geography. Um, I balanced a few things out. I said, you know, I tried to do it as realistic as possible. You know, there's some schools that are, you know, kind of in a weird spot where they don't maybe fit geographically. You know, they don't fit. You look know, you look at like West Virginia. They don't fit in the Big Twelve, uh, but they weren't. They're not going to just get kicked out of the Big Twelve. Uh, and things like that. So I personally moved them out, but I tried to make it as realistic as possible where I wouldn't do that. You know, I've got, uh, you know, like a team like Georgia Tech I had trouble with because there were some things I wanted to move around in the ACC that Georgia Tech just didn't make sense to have uh, in there. So they kind of got thrown to uh, a lesser conference that there's no way they'd be okay with that. But uh, mine was mostly geography, trying to say, you know, what makes sense or what we could do to kind of make these conferences uh, more exciting, balanced out. And some of that worked, some of it didn't, uh, but it should be interesting to see kind of what we get through. So uh, I went ahead and just kind of realigned it, you know, team by team in terms of conferences. So I was going to just start with the ACC and kind of run through um, and we can kind of go through it that way if that works for you. That works for me, man. All right, so we'll start with the ACC. So my ACC, the original ACC that we all know and, and don't really love, uh, for me, got completely blown to shreds. So I, I took it as, you know what, Clemson's probably tired of being in this conference, so maybe they're going to head out and 
football wise it probably works other sports that weren't it wouldn't but uh i i had it where some of the bigger schools in the hcc said you know what we're gonna pack our bags and go elsewhere so i realigned it where we have now the ohio valley division in the acc with louisville vanderbilt cincinnati ohio out of the mac west virginia maryland marshall and miami of ohio kind of moving things around in that ohio valley uh, everything, you know, geography-wise works really well with that. Uh, and then in the other half of it, uh, I did uh, the Carolina-Virginia division, Wake Forest, UNC, NC State, Duke, Virginia, Virginia Tech, App State, hopping over to the ACC and East Carolina. So all of my conferences are 16-team conferences. Uh, I figured realignment-wise there wasn't going to be a lot of situations where conferences weren't were going to get smaller. Uh, so I went ahead and did that. But the ACC was definitely a conference that probably uh, felt a brunt of the hit uh, of this realignment because a lot of a lot of their big money makers uh, departed for other schools. But that's my uh, new ACC. What about yourself? I like it. Um, I, I kind of blew up everything, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. There's some, there's some uh, ties of, of, of regionalism with and everything, but – I had something similar where I had some some pieces of Ohio, some pieces of that uh, Kentucky uh, um, area kind of pieced together as well. But and but then I also had a, an area that was very much kind of Carolina dominated. So I had a, a Southeast conference that was App State, Charlotte, Clemson, Duke, East Carolina. Georgia, Liberty, Navy, NC State, North Carolina, Old Dominion, uh, South Carolina, and Wake Forest. Uh, that one, I actually, I wanted somebody to be able to contend with Clemson, and I mm-hmm. figured Duke, I mean Duke, uh, I figured Georgia and uh, and North Carolina could could be good contenders with them. So I, I figured that that would be a nice battle. That's one of the stronger conferences that I have. Uh, they had an average. A uh, rating of 59.77, so they were average ranked, 59th ranked. But um, but really, I figured that would be a really fun one because there's a lot of geographical ties with them. Yeah, I like that you did it. You know, kind of with with them ratings in there because you know you look at you know, how I did it. Miami of Ohio is probably not thrilled that they're getting thrown into uh, you know a conference with Louisville, Vandy, Cincinnati. Maybe that helps them kind of. Uh, you know, come up in recruiting, uh, but there was a, a lot of situations for me where I had, you know, divisions like that that were a little bit unbalanced. Uh, maybe you've got some better teams, maybe you've got some worse teams, but, you know, I look at, uh, like, of course, I took Clemson out of the ACC entirely along with Florida State and Miami, so there's going to be one conference that uh, you can probably guess is going to be almost a super conference, but uh, definitely some schools in, in that regard where there might be some competitive balance issues in there. So I like that you did it uh, in terms of the ratings. All right, let's see. Who do we want to hop to next? Do you want to do the Big Ten or the Big 12? Maybe we'll save the Big Ten because I know that's what everybody's going to want to be listening for. So we can hop over to the Big 12 and we can do our realignment for that because I, this is one that I I really like one side of it for me. Uh, the other side is a little... Uh, less strong, but uh, in terms of uh, balance and, and geographical sense, it, it, it kind of worked out well. So my two divisions in the Big 12, uh, my first one is the Red River Division, which is essentially the Texas and Oklahoma schools. Uh, brought Texas, Texas Tech, Baylor, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, 
TCU, and then I added in SMU and brought back Texas A&M. I still am not super thrilled with Texas A&M in the SEC. You know, you think of the old Texas and Texas A&M's rivalry games, A&M, Oklahoma. uh, That's kind of completely gone off the wayside, and now the schools are kind of in a you know, they talk about, you know, reigniting the rivalry and playing again, but that's probably not going to happen because there's so much money uh, to be involved uh, and work out that way. So I basically went ahead and put the Texas and the Oklahoma schools together. Now there's going to be some smaller Texas schools that didn't quite make the cut. I know University of Houston's probably not thrilled because I didn't have room for them uh, in my Red River division for the Big 12, but uh, tough. I figured they'd want SMU a little bit more. And then on the opposite side of that, I did the Mountains and Plains division. Uh, so I went ahead and did Kansas, Kansas State, Colorado, added in Colorado State, Boise State, BYU, Utah, and Utah State. So pretty big expanse in the Big 12 there, but regionally it makes sense for the division, and then they can meet in Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City and, and battle this thing out uh, for the Big 12 title. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, it's funny because... I actually did some of the same stuff with one of mine. I have a, a South Central conference, um, and and that is definitely the Texas and Oklahoma teams. So basically Baylor, North Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, SMU, TCU, Texas, A&M, um, Texas State, Texas Tech, Tulsa, UTEP, and UTSA. So it, it's got some – it's pretty deep all throughout, but then you have some – some cream puffs like Texas State, UTEP, and UTSA, but really having Texas, Texas A&M, um, Baylor, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State all together, I think you're going to have some really good battles in there. Um, and then kind of similarly, I, I forgot to also mention that um, I, I had a, a – you had mentioned that you had done some stuff with your Florida conference or with a um, moving some of those teams, the Miami's, Florida States. So I had a, a Sunshine Conference, and that was primarily Florida-based and, and teams down there. So that was like Coastal Carolina, FAU, FIU, Florida, Florida State, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, Georgia Tech, Miami, South Alabama, South Florida, Troy, and UCF. So it's I'm I'm doing a lot of the the same general ideas as you. I'm just really breaking apart conferences, and I I had ten total conferences um, with thirteen teams in each. Okay, I like that. I like that. Yeah. So it's kind of the same thing in, in terms of uh, regions and areas. Uh, yours is probably more a little bit uh, balanced and, and spread out, where uh, you've got even teams versus mine is is a little top heavy. You know, I kind of have like a a Big Twelve major league and then my you know the the now conference usa is kind of the the big 12 minor league in that regard but uh definitely would be interesting to see both of those uh kind of get themselves uh worked into the fold because i think you'd have a a lot of people that would be interested and you know you think uh, of having all the texas teams play each other now i know in terms of recruiting uh these texas schools wouldn't love it because they're already competing for players as it is and now you're competing with even more in the same division so Probably, you know, University of Texas and, and A&M and those guys wouldn't, would probably throw a fit and these would never happen, but uh, still interesting to see and, you know, if Matt and I are the commissioners, this is what we're going to do. So Yeah, they don't have a choice if we're the commissioners. Exactly, exactly. All right, well, let's hop over to the next 
Power 5 conference. And we'll go ahead and do the SEC next. And this, for me, is one that, uh, you know, you talk about uh, conferences kind of being superior. I think my SEC and Big Ten are probably the strongest two conferences. And that's because in the SEC, I now have in the East, Florida and Georgia, Clemson, South Carolina, Florida State, Miami, Central Florida, and South Florida. So I wanted to keep the Georgia-Florida rivalry. You want to keep the South Carolina-Clemson, Miami, Clemson, Florida State, Clemson, Miami, FSU. They can kind of all work it out. And then you get UCF and USF in there. That's a good rivalry game. Uh, But they also get some in-state shots at, you know, the Florida States, the Floridas, the Miami teams that – they don't get to play a lot unless, you know, you have a UCF-type season and you get uh, a chance to knock off the big dogs. But uh, you can kind of say to UCF, you know, it's time to put up or shut up. Let's see what you're really made of in that new-look SEC East. And then in the West, pretty pretty similar. You know, there's not uh, there's no ads to this, comp- this side of it. It's just kind of rebalancing. So you've got Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Tennessee. So all traditional SEC schools, some just get shifted to the West to, to kind of make it. So you still have Alabama, Tennessee. You don't worry about uh, splitting up Kentucky or Tennessee. Arkansas still gets to uh, hang around in the SEC and claim uh, SEC supremacy, even though they don't win enough games to really claim that. And then you keep the traditional rivalries of Auburn, Alabama, LSU, Alabama, things like that. So I think my SEC is probably a little too heavy compared to the rest of college football, but uh, it it just means more down south. So they might as well add in uh, a lot of these big teams from the ACC. Yeah, I think think that would be a lot of fun, that conference, just the way those heavyweights could be battling against each other. I think that would be great. It would be certainly Um, fun to see, but let's hear what you got for the SEC. Um, so for the SEC, I split up. Obviously, I've just kind of split up everything, but um, I had a golf conference, and I also had a Mid American because we know that Tennessee, uh, like Tennessee, for example, uh, isn't really like in the exact SEC footprint, which is more south. And I, I already talked about the Sunshine Conference, which had already pulled some SEC schools out of it. So the golf conference is probably the closest to the SEC, um, and out of the Texas schools that I had mentioned in my uh, South Central Conference, I have popped over Houston and Rice into this because they're pretty close to the Gulf. And so I did Alabama, Auburn, Houston, Louisiana, UL Monroe, LSU, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Rice, Southern Miss, Tulane, and UAB. So it's, it's definitely got some heavy hitters with Alabama, Auburn, um, LSU, and then you've got the Mississippi schools, but then it's it's got quite a few uh, teams that they would just absolutely demolish. I would love to see Tulane playing them. Um, they're usually actually decent, but but really that that one has uh, has some good ones, but then it also has some some not so great teams like Rice and UL Monroe are, are pretty much hot trash right now. Um, on on the flip side, I talked about that I moved Tennessee out. Um, I did the same with Kentucky, and I actually wanted to start up uh, a new uh, set of rivals for that kind of area in the Mid-America Conference, and it's uh, I actually pulled a traditional uh, Big Ten power out to make it happen because I wanted to balance things out. So I have Arkansas, Arkansas State, 
Kentucky, Louisville, Marshall, Maryland, Memphis, Ohio, Ohio State, Middle Tennessee State, Tennessee, and Vander, Vanderbilt, and Western Kentucky. So uh, that conference actually doesn't have anybody ranked in the 100 other than Middle Tennessee State. Um, and Ohio State is definitely the juggernaut in there. But I wanted to see Tennessee, Kentucky, Ohio State, and, and Louisville just start understanding that they're really close to each other geography and really duke it out. That makes sense. You know, when you think about you know where all those four teams are, and there's a lot of teams in that area. You know, that Ohio, uh, that you know, Louisville, Cincinnati, all that area right there is is very close together. But you don't see a lot of these teams square off, or maybe it doesn't seem that they're as close. But Ohio State moving from the Big Ten would be uh, you know, interesting to see for sure. I don't know if uh, they'd be super happy with it, but well, they'd be pissed. Again, they don't have a choice. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, that one would be interesting to see for sure. All right, let's go ahead and hop over to our next one. We'll do the Pac-12, a conference that probably needs a little bit of a facelift or just needs to stop tripping over their own feet when you think of the last few years in terms of the playoff. You know, you look at Oregon this past season, probably going to the playoff if they don't stumble to uh, the up-and-coming Arizona State Sun Devils. Uh, so maybe a conference that could use uh, a breath of fresh air. And I, I think – in terms of, for me in this one, I kind of just, you know, you, you, you looked at my Big 12, I kind of just blew up the Mountain West and put them between the Big 12 and the Pac-12. But for fans that really like Pac-12 after dark, I think you're just going to get a little bit more of that. Uh, these schools are all regionally kind of makes sense. It's just I don't think the Pac-12, you know, the big players like Oregon and, and Washington would be thrilled with this, but here it goes. So, in my Pac-12 North, of course, I've got Washington, Washington, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State, Cal, and Stanford. Keep those rivalries in check. You can't go, uh, you can't have not have the Apple Cup in Oregon, Oregon State, Cal, Stanford. Uh, but then the North, I actually added San Jose State and Nevada, two teams that are very close uh, again to those other teams already. You know, San Jose State not far, uh, Nevada a little bit farther, but definitely more north uh, than the other teams in the conference. So. Uh, an interesting division that really only adds two teams and, and doesn't change too much. And then down south, you get a little bit more change. You, of course, have UCLA, USC, uh, and then I added some other Mountain West teams. So San Diego State, not far from those. UNLV, probably a little over a four-hour drive between you know L.A. and Las Vegas. Makes sense. UNLV's got a new stadium where they maybe look a little bit more attractive. Uh, but then you've got Fresno State right on that fringe of the north and south area, and then you've got Arizona and Arizona State, and then rounding that out, putting Hawaii in the Pac-12, which I think would be fun to see, you know, USC going to Hawaii for a late-night game uh, in the Pac-12, you know, probably kicking off at midnight, uh, would uh, give some college football degenerates and, and big fans that are willing to stay up till 3 in the morning uh, plenty of entertainment. So I, I personally, you know, I, I like – Pac-12 football, I like, you know, having those late games that always get wild, and I think you could see a lot of that in this Big, big 12 conference, Pac-12 conference. <laughs> I, I like it, yeah. I actually, funny thing, have very eerily similar things for the Pac-12. Um, I think that just makes sense geography-wise. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have in, I have a north and I have a, a northwest and a southwest. Um, for the, In the northwest conference, I've got Air Force, Boise State, BYU, Cal, Hawaii, Oregon, and Oregon State, 
Nevada, San Jose State, Utah State, Washington, Washington State, and Wyoming. And then in the Southwest uh, Conference, I have Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Colorado State, Fresno State, New Mexico, New Mexico State, San Diego State, Stanford, UCLA, UNLV, USC, and Utah. Um, it's it's funny that Southwest Conference uh, is actually prob- is the the weakest conference out of any of them according to rank at 78, um, whereas the Northwest has 60. But the Southwest has perennial powers like a USC that can kind of pop on a dime. Uh, and then you've got Stanford and Utah, who I think are solid. You just also have both of the New Mexico schools, and mm-hmm. that really just kind of crushes you. So, um, uh, But, yeah, I, I think that would be a very interesting uh, Pac-12 conference as well. Uh, there was a lot of, you know, the schools that you kind of mentioned, the Wyomings, the Air Forces, uh, schools like that, you know, New Mexico State, New Mexico were the schools that I had a little bit of trouble finding a a good home for, which is why I kind of had to redo. You know, I blew up the Mountain West, but I essentially kind of created a new Mountain West uh, for the future here. But I, I like kind of the same thoughts. You know, I like both of our Pac-12 divisions uh, in conference overall because I think you'd see a lot of fun games. Maybe on paper the, the rankings are a little weaker, but at the same time you're going to have uh, – uh, lots of good games that you could work from, and maybe some of these programs get a little better, and it uh, becomes a little bit more exciting. All right, we'll hop over to the Big Ten now. So I I redid the other uh, group of five conferences as well, but we'll touch on the Big Ten here and do that. And for me, I think the big one was Notre Dame needs to find a home. So I was either going to put them in the ACC or the Big Ten. Uh, I decided to keep them in the Big Ten. I think they've fit better there you know you look at the traditional rivalries they kind of already have with Michigan Michigan State kind of makes sense to have them so what I went ahead and did is in the west of course we have Wisconsin Iowa Nebraska Illinois Minnesota Northwestern and then I decided to add in Missouri and Iowa State so you kind of protect the Iowa Iowa State rivalry you get a new team in there in Missouri you know you can make an interesting uh, kind of rivalry with Illinois or Nebraska you know a old uh, Big 12 conference type game. Uh, And then what ended up happening on that one is that Purdue got kicked over to the east. So you have Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Purdue, Indiana, and Pitt. And now that I'm reading through mine, I realize I didn't put Notre Dame in there. So Notre Dame are staying independent. Um, But I put Pitt in there. I like that Penn State-Pitt rivalry. Um, I've, and that game is kind of, this was the last iteration of it. Uh, so I'd really like to see that kind of get added in. So, um, I, I thought I had Notre Dame in there, so maybe I need to rework my list a little bit here. Uh, I think you could definitely see a way where you could fit them in and put Pitt somewhere else. I had a few moving parts in that regard, but on, on the, the scale of the East, it's probably a little heavy again on the East, which I don't think any big 10 fan uh, or person around it would go for that, you know, if you added in uh, a Pitt or a Notre Dame to the East yeah, and Iowa State and Mizzou, while they're fairly good programs to the West, I don't think you're getting the competitive balance that some Big Ten fans have been looking for. But geography-wise, I think that Big Ten West makes a lot of sense. So whichever one gets added in there, I'd be uh, more than happy to have. That that's actually really funny because I actually I did the same thing with moving Notre Dame in uh, at least that you had planned to put in. Um, so I had a, I had a big reason for why I pushed Ohio State out 
into that mm-hmm. mid-America is because, geographically speaking, Notre Dame makes more sense to be with Michigan and Michigan State, and mm-hmm. they are kind of old-time rivals. So I had my Great Lakes Conference. Uh, I had Akron, Bowling Green, Central Michigan, you know, just really dragging down the, the ranking a bit at the beginning. But then you get Cincinnati, Eastern Michigan, Indiana, Kent State, Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Purdue, Toledo, and Western Michigan. So really you're going to have Cincinnati, Indiana, I think would be a really cool, almost a, a rivalry of sorts that you can get with Purdue. Those three are kind of fighting to catch up with Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame. I think that's a, a nice little hierarchy in there. And then I had the Midwest Conference uh, where the Badgers fell, and, and that's with Ball State, Illinois, Iowa, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Missouri, Miami of Ohio, Minnesota, Nebraska, Northern Illinois, and Northwestern. So Wisconsin is able to kind of keep their their standing rivalries uh, that they have, um, and it, that's actually the the top conference according to um, ranking because they out when you add them all up together. Um, while there's nobody who is like in the top five, Wisconsin is the highest at 12, Minnesota's second highest at 20, and Iowa. Our Iowa State is also at 17. Forgot about them. Um, you also get um, only Northern Illinois and Kansas as kind of your bottom scrapers. And um, so I, I, I uh, ended up with those guys because I was pushing Penn State and um, Ohio State elsewhere. Um, and I think Wisconsin would, would do really well in that division. I think it would be uh, a really grinder of a season, but at the same time I think that would be a really fun one. Yeah, I like that conference as well. You know, geography-wise, that makes sense. And you got a lot of teams that, uh, competitive-wise, look look really good. Where it'd be an, an entertaining conference, top to bottom, uh, that way. So I like both Big Tens, and uh, I actually think I just found my mistake. I had Purdue in there twice, so I'm keeping Pitt in the Big Ten. Notre Dame's going in the Big Ten as well. So my East is pretty stacked, <laughs> um, and then the West is probably a little weaker, but we're used to that. But either way. Uh, I like uh, I like this new look Big Ten. I think any any Big Ten where you know I, I don't mind Maryland as much, but any Big Ten that gets rid of Rutgers is is probably a good situation. I think uh, if the Big Ten looked back on uh, that decision a few years back uh, and knew what they were going to get with Rutgers, maybe they would have uh, rethought it and, and went after someone else. Because I know you get that New York TV market and, and the big money is is in that area, but uh, in terms of on-the-field production and, and really on-the-court production, and, and you know, if you're looking at basketball and some other sports, Rutgers hasn't really brought a lot. Maryland's brought a little bit more, but they still don't feel like a Big Ten member so much. So I think, uh, you know, addition to some of those teams, or like, you know, I've got Mizzou and, and Iowa State and Notre Dame and Pitt kind of join in. Those teams, to geography makes sense and also can kind of fit into the conference already. So I, I think... Uh, anything that gets rid of Rutgers is, is a solid uh, <laughs> attraction uh, is, is the long story of what I'm getting to. So, no, I um, agree. I put, I put Rutgers in a totally different spot. All right. So let's, uh, so did you go through and do the group of five as well and, and kind of rebalance those? So my, so basically all of mine, I just did the 10 big, mm-hmm. I just made 10 conferences that has every, every, all 130 in there. So I didn't oh, necessarily reshift them. So, um, uh, I, I have one more conference that I, that I sure. haven't yet discussed and that was the Northeast. Um, 
how many uh, – you have a couple of the group of five still to do, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, so I've got uh, basically the new look new look Mac, new look Sunbelt, new look Conference USA, and then kind of created – it sounds like the same conference that you might be rattling off, so why don't you go ahead and do your, your upstate conference? Okay, so my, my northeast conference is – uh, and, and this was tough because I had to, to move a couple of different pieces and really try to make things work. But I had Army, Boston College, Buffalo, Penn State, Pitt. I wanted to get that rivalry, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, Rutgers, Temple, Syracuse, and then just absolutely dormant UConn and UMass. But then I also popped up Virginia, Virginia Tech, and West Virginia because uh, of where they are. I wanted to get them in there and to bolster um, that Pitt, Pitt and Penn State area as well. So that would be the Northeast Conference. Yeah, I like that. I'm kind of, I kind of did the same thing with you there. Um, I called mine the Upstate Conference and, and kind of threw in together of, of Syracuse, Boston College, Navy, Rutgers, Army, Temple, uh, Buffalo. I actually, I put an asterisk and I added in like Delaware, Villanova, Maine. Like if you could take some FCS schools to kind of balance out the uh, division in, in that area would be nice. Uh, you know, you look at uh, some of these FCS programs are strong, or maybe they'd compete. And you know, geography-wise, uh, that whole area kind of makes sense because there's a lot of schools at the FCS level up in that area, but not really as much uh, at the FBS level. You, know, you look at Syracuse, Boston College, UConn; uh, they're kind of off on their own. Uh, so to get a few more teams in there and allow that uh, Northeast Conference to kind of play each other, I think would be entertaining. Uh, you know, Syracuse and Boston College probably feel like they got the short end of the stick uh, in that regard because uh, they aren't bad programs in the ACC, but uh, it just it just made more sense to put them uh, in their own uh, kind of place that way. Yeah, I think I think I think ours are really kind of mirror images of each other with that, just because there's there's a lot of geographic pull in that area to those teams, so I think that makes a lot of sense. Most definitely. All right, I'll go ahead and just give a rundown of my remainders because I kind of kept the uh, the the other group of five ones. So I, I've got my Sun Belt, Tulane, Louisiana, UL Monroe, Southern Miss, Louisiana Tech, Arkansas State, and then added Memphis and Vandy. Uh, and then in the east, I've got UAB. So this is where Georgia Tech probably isn't thrilled, but UAB, Georgia Tech, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, Troy, South Alabama, Florida Atlantic, and FIU. Uh, so you know, that Conference USA and Sunbelt, they've talked about in the past of, of merging and, and moving some things around and, and doing stuff that way. Uh, I think if they went ahead and did it, you could make a good conference for the Sunbelt out of that. Uh, the the new look MAC, I've got uh, Kent State, Bowling Green, Central Michigan, Western Michigan, Northern Illinois, Toledo, Eastern Michigan, and Akron. And then in the south, uh, move, this is where it was kind of moving some things around. Liberty, Coastal Carolina, Old Dominion, Middle Tennessee, Charlotte, Western Kentucky comes back, Ball State. And then I took off uh, James Madison from the FCS level. They're pretty competitive already. Uh, threw them together. And then the new look Conference USA is kind of a smorgasbord of teams of UTSA, North Texas, Rice, UTEP, Texas State, Houston, Tulsa, New Mexico, uh, kind of the teams that uh, you mentioned in your one uh, conference there. And then I've got my north of Air Force, Wyoming, took North Dakota State, Montana, Montana State, Idaho, uh, Weber State, Eastern Michigan, and just made a northern conference. So that, at that point, I was uh, 
just looking for homes for the likes of Air Force and Wyoming and tried to uh, pluck off some more FCS teams to make it make sense. But it was really more – my focus was more on the Power Five. But I think if you went ahead and proposed this to some of these schools, you know, some of these FCS teams kind of hopping up would be cool to see. Um, so I, I think – I think the NCA needs to give us a call and you know make us make us an offer and we can come in and and save the joint. Yeah, I think I think there's <laughs> we're really the most qualified most qualified people for the job. I think. Uh, and additionally, did you do anything with the playoffs? Any shifts to that, or did you keep it the same? I hadn't yet, but I think you'd have to. You know, with this is essentially mine is eight sixteen team conferences. I think you'd have to figure out a way to. Uh, do that. So if the NCA heard my uh, initial proposal and wants to hear the rest of my plan, uh, I'll go ahead and uh, get you guys my resume, and then we can maybe uh, link up for a college football czar because I think college football in general could use uh, some leadership, especially right now. And if you're looking for a guy or a group, I'm sure Drew would be in, and maybe we can just be the uh, the new college football committee. Uh, three guys from Wisconsin, and or two guys from Wisconsin. Uh, and a guy from Philadelphia that now lives in Minnesota is is definitely the committee that the NCA needs. Yes, it's definitely what they're looking for. Um, but I but I did shift some stuff with the playoff, um, and because like like you said, I think I think it would have to based off of some of these shifts. Um, but I did a ten team playoff, which uh, I know is is kind of weird. Basically, each each league would have an automatic bid. Uh, but the automatic bid would be given to the team with the best record that had, and um, tiebreaker would go to um, the team that won between the two because everybody would play everyone. Um, with 13 teams, everybody's going to play everybody. Um, so, so that would be good. Um, and then from there, instead of having a um, conference championship game to determine who moves on, it's completely based off record and tiebreaker. Um, uh, of head-to-head, and then from there, it would be the uh, two teams would have a bye. Basically, the, the committee would rank the teams 1 through 10 based off of, you know, strength of record and how they did and everything, um, and and then the top two teams would get a bye. Everybody would just kind of slot in and, and play from there. So I got rid of the conference championships games, but I added more of playoff games so that it would I figured that kind of um, was was similar to having a conference championship so for example uh, you could have the Midwest Conference playing the Great Lakes Conference which is almost what it would look like if it was the Big Ten Championship anyways or if you had the Southeast Conference playing the Sunshine Conference or it might it, it basically would be the same thing but you would have it to where um, it gets an automated bid from each group and it makes it so that anybody at the quote unquote group of five now would have an opportunity um, to to cycle up and, and make that uh, a race as well. Uh, just because I doubt that happens anytime soon in, in the regular version of college football. Yeah, I like uh, I like that idea. You know, I think you definitely have to balance that out uh, in a lot of different ways to give these teams a chance, especially when you look at some of the conferences that. You and I put together. Uh, it's definitely something where you're, you're going to want to at least give some of these schools that are probably stacked in there with the Clemsons, the Alabamas, that you would never see them square off, other than you know the the big check games that some of these schools do. So I think you'd have to do something to similar to kind of the FCS level. You know, you look at NDSU; they 
play that you'll play 16 games to to win a national championship. You'd have to find a way to kind of do that. Uh, so maybe you play uh, one, you know, a couple out of conference games, and then uh, work into the, your your conference schedule and your division, uh, and then get into the playoffs. You know, kind of a similar to the FCS, uh, you know, playoffs that they have. And I, I think that would work really well. I, I really like what the FCS done and. Uh, if you could kind of do that uh, at the college football level, it'd be uh, you know FBS level, it'd be really interesting to see. So I I think uh, we both made a a good application to the NCA uh, on Bucky Swift podcast here today. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking that we should be hearing something in the in the coming days to to have us hired on to figure out something here with coronavirus. <laughs> Let's hope so. All right, Badger fans. Well, that wraps up our conference realignment talk. Uh, we'll be back with you, of course, later in the week. We appreciate you guys uh, listening. I know uh, the episode today uh, is, is a lot of fun stuff and, and fun stuff to think about. Again, it's uh, late July, so Matt and I are coming up with ideas left and right. Uh, but if you guys have anything you guys want us to cover on the show, feel free to leave us uh, some comments uh, on, the, on the podcast or some reviews. That always helps uh, us get out uh, you know, to other listeners. Uh, and we'll be back with you guys later this week. On Wisconsin.